Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rockhouse Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. Good morning. Uh, again, welcome to Rockhouse Baptist Church. Uh, here, Connect, Grow, Go is our theme. We want to connect you to Jesus, grow you in a relationship with Him, and connect you to others while you're here also, uh, and send you out to tell others about Jesus. Um, after all, Jesus is the center of our lives, amen? He's, uh, <laughs> forgive me, Mike, He's the cat's meow, they say. That's what we like to call Jesus. He's the main one. He's the main thing, and uh, that's what my father-in-law told me one day, uh, and I just hold on, held on to that. But this morning, I want to talk to you about Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. Now, we're going to be a little bit everywhere, but this is our main verse this morning. I don't know about you, but uh, how many times do you run low through the week and you need a little something, right? Yeah, I'll be low tomorrow morning. I can tell you right now, <laughs> life is coming after us hard. And, and that's why it's so important to know who to turn to and what to run to and not our old ways. Listen. You know as well as I do, because you're saved and baptized, Satan doesn't stop working on you, does he? Oh no, it's harassment time now. He knows he's lost. He knows it's over. But how can I keep him distracted? That's one of his main tools is distraction. Well, here's the thing that I want to tell you this morning. We have to stay alert. We have to stay ready. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, he says, With prayer... With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and every request for all the saints. Now this is a very, very powerful verse. We're going to dive into it some. Not going to hang out here long, but Paul gives us seven instructions right here. And the first is that pray at all times and to pray in the what? In the Spirit. In the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. What does that mean? That means God is leading your prayers. It's not just you fumbling through it, through the prayer. It's God inter interceding. The Spirit is interceding. No matter where you're at, something's going to pop in your mind. It's not because you've thought of it. It's because the Holy Spirit has intervened. Now, many times when I hit my knees, I say, God, I, I, I'm here to present myself to you, but I know there's somebody that needs prayer. Somebody that needs uh, something for me to intercede for them. Anybody in here need a prayer this week, this past week? Yeah, yeah the, whole, the whole place, right? Everybody out there. We all need a prayer. We're going to talk a little bit about praying for others in just a moment. But the worst thing we can do is when the Holy Spirit intercedes is say what? I, I'll pray about it later, right? Ah, Lord, I'll just pray about it later. Uh, I'll put you on the back burner. That's not what God wants us to do for others. Many times this week, I've started my day out with prayer, in the middle of my day with prayer, and at the end of my day with prayer. But I realized that there was a point in my day <laughs> that my running conversation with God had stopped. So I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. There's nothing wrong with being spontaneous in our prayer life because I've lived my life pretty much all spontaneous, I'm not going to lie. Just uh, off the cup, however you want to say it. But it's important that in our prayer life we have a plan of attack. Amen? We have to have an attack. 
Paul tells us that we have to have this attack because why? We have to defend off the what? The wiles, the schemes of who? The devil. The devil's got a plan. He knows where you're weak. He knows how to get you frustrated. He knows how to get you mad. And he seems to sometimes work the closest people to you, doesn't he? You know, he'd work across the other side of the world, and it may not bother you, but when it starts slipping into your home, it starts getting a little bit tough. When he starts working on your children, starts working on your husband, your wife, your mom, or dad, and you see Satan working, you better battle it with prayer. I've been saying it for five weeks, right? We better battle it with prayer. So, first thing I want to talk to you this morning about is to keep a running conversation with God. It's important that you understand every prayer doesn't necessarily have to end with an amen. You don't have to be on your knees in every prayer. I know it's important that you get in that posture and show God submission and, and reverence. But you talk to yourself, right, sometimes? You know, oh, Lord, God. come on, Brian, you're better than that, right? I mean, you do. You can talk to Jesus like that, too. He wants to hear you. He wants to hear you the whole time. We should never stop praying. Don't have to be fancy. We've said it for five weeks now. God wants you to what? Talk to Him. <laughs> That's a relationship. You ever been in a relationship where one part's doing all the talking and, and the other part's not doing a whole lot? That don't really uh, work too well, does it? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says what? Pray without ceasing. What's that mean? If you're not a scholar in the Bible, I'm not one. What does praying without ceasing mean? Never stop praying. That's 24-7, 365. Amen? That's, we never stop. We chase after God. Prayer should be as natural as breathing. Are y'all breathing in here this morning? What happens when you stop breathing? Over. Let me tell you what happens to your spiritual life when you stop praying. Over. It's important that we keep that running conversation with God that I'm thinking about Him all the time. Lord, if this situation comes up, how would you want me to handle it? Lord, I see this going on. If I'm ever faced with it, help me, Father. Here's what the great Charles Spurgeon, we haven't quoted him in a while, says about prayer, though. And this is really important to bring our attention to how consistent we have to be to balance our prayer life throughout our day. Okay? Charles Spurgeon says this, Prayer pulls the rope below and the great bell rings above in the ears of God. Some scarcely stir the bell. For they pray long, languidly, which is lazy. Others give but an occasional pluck at the rope. But he or she who wins with heaven is the man or woman who grasps the rope boldly and pulls continuously with all of his might. How about that? Grab that rope and pull. Lord, I need you. Lord, help me. He will. Lord, the evidence is all around me, but sometimes I have trouble seeing it, right? I mean, God's doing miracles right in front of us, but the devil's got us distracted and blinded sometimes. It's important to know the truth. Charles Spurgeon also said, I would rather teach one man to pray than ten to preach. How important is it for probably the greatest preacher of all time that I would consider 
to say, I would rather teach one person in here to pray than make ten of you preachers. That's pretty powerful. That's pretty strong. That's pretty tough. Our second point this morning, and we're going to walk through uh, the Lord's Prayer, is this. We need to schedule our prayer times throughout our day. Now, I don't necessarily mean write down a schedule and follow it. You know, I have trouble doing that if you've ever been around me. <laughs> Obviously, the sermons are going long, right? I don't have a schedule of anything. But it's very simple. When you begin to get up in the morning, you should do what? You know the answer. You should pray. You should pray. Science says this. Now, I know we have science, and but this is not that kind of science I'm talking about. Science says that the first eight minutes of your day determines the other 23 hours and 52 minutes of your day. The first eight minutes now. I want to ask you, what do you do on Monday with your first eight minutes? What do you do on Thursday with your first eight minutes? It determines the rest of your day. It's a proven fact. Google it however you want to look at that. But I do know this. As I was studying this week, I found something pretty interesting. <laughs> The Jews in the Old Testament, they had a scheduled prayer time. And here's where I'm going with this, okay? How many remembers in the book of Daniel? Daniel said he prayed how many times a day? Three. Morning, right? Afternoon, and at night. Well, here's how all that kind of came about. The Romans... At one time, we know that the Romans kind of, they were it. They ruled the world, and obviously, if you read through a lot of the New Testament, that's what Paul's trying to do is turn that tide of, of all these Sadducees and Pharisees and what I would call fake religion that you have to work your way. Okay, Paul's saying it's not about that. It's about the grace of God and what he done on the cross. Amen? But here's what they did. I'm going to give them a little credit. They built this big forum in every major cities, and in this big forum, this big block forum, they had a clock, or actually they had a bell. Let me back up. They didn't have a clock. They had a bell. And this bell tower would ring every three hours at 6.30 in the morning. Ding, ding. Kind of reminds me of the church beside where I live at. Every hour on the hour, it rings. What do you think that bell alerted them to do? To pray. Long story short, there's a lot more in here that we can go into. But it rang at 6.30 in the morning to get up, go to work, but first to pray. They call it the prime, okay? And then it would ring again at 9, and that's called the third hour. You ever, you ever read in the Bible it says in the third hour they took Jesus, right? Okay? It's all based on these legion times that the Romans came up with. Now let me give you <laughs> some advice this morning. The Latin word for bell is actually clock. Where am I going with this? Clocks were invented not to speed up your life, not to let you know that you're late. Clocks were invented to what? Slow down and pray. Clocks were invented so you would slow down and pray. Not to look at, mm, gotta go to lunch. Better pray. I don't know if you have to be real smart, but to know that I, when I seek the Lord every time I need something, He's going to answer my call. And when I seek Him, even when I don't need anything, and I just want to hear His voice, guess what He's going to do? Answer your call. I promise you that. 
Here's what Psalms 119 verse 164 says. David wrote, Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous judgment. Seven times a day. And that's what we're talking about. In the morning when we get up. I can't help but think that the model that Jesus showed us. He started out with, we should pray like this. Our Father, right? Our Father. He didn't say pray this, but He said we should pray like this. When we get up, we should pray with gratitude. That's a point of ours this morning, to pray with thanksgiving. Before you do anything, again, hit your knees and be thankful for what God has for you. Me and uh, Brother Dwight Lewis was in here a while ago. He said, I'm blessed. I got up this morning. I went, amen, brother. You, the Spirit's talking to me and you both, right? If you're sitting here this morning, you are very blessed. If you're listening online, you are very blessed. I promise you. There's nothing else that matters. I have a hard time because sometimes I get up groaning and moaning. You know, not that anybody does that. But again, I have... Here's what I've been doing. I'm going to give you a little bit of, of what I've been doing in the morning, okay? And it seems to help me, so I want to help you. Pastor wants to help, right, the congregation. When I get up in the morning, I'm stirring. I'm struggling. I'm not going to lie. I am struggling. But I have found that if I'll put my little headphones in, I'll turn on my little iPhone, and I'll put on uh, nothing else. Nothing else but you, right? You know the song I'm talking about. And then I'll play the goodness of God. You'd be amazed at how I can pray through those songs when the Spirit's speaking through somebody else for me. He will speak to you, but you've got to try different ways. There ain't nobody going to get up out of here ready-eyed, what do they call it, bushy-tailed and bright-eyed, right? That's hard. Especially if you've got kids, it's real hard. But listen to how good God is to us. Psalms 40 verse 5 says this. And I read it in Sunday school, and there, I have a testimony behind this verse right here, but David writes, Many, Lord my God, are the wonders which you have done in your thoughts toward us. There is no one to compare with you. If I would declare and speak of them, they would be too numerous to count. Do this for me. When you get home or whenever you've got free time on your hands, try to make a list of all that God's done for you. There's not enough ink in your ink pen. Not enough lead in your pencil. There's not enough paper that you can find. Because <laughs> when your name's in the book of Lambs, that's it, brother and sisters. That's it. God has chosen you. He says from the beginning of creation, He has chosen us. Amen? Amen. Some of the things I've kind of been studying on this week is as I've been trying to pray with gratitude, I've also been thinking of trying to think of some, some spiritual things like, you know, God, when I got saved, what does that actually truly mean? What does that mean? I know it's I know it's I get to go to heaven and spend eternity with you, right? That, that's that's what we want. That's great. That's it. It's the bottom line. I want my girls to be there, my wife, my whole family, all of you all. I want to spend eternity with you. But what about now? Why is Christians not thriving now? They don't know that Jesus lives in here. And if they know it, they only know it as words on a paper. They don't feel it. They don't pray to Him. It's important that we understand that God has forgiven your sins and he's took the bad out of you. 
We no longer belong to the world. He's put His Spirit inside of us. Yes, you're going to fail, but that Spirit's going to remind you who saved you and that you're still worthy. You're still worthy. No longer do I have to walk with shame or filled with guilt. God took my shame away and filled my life with meaning. I say it all the time. I used to coach basketball. I coached everything, to be honest with you. There wasn't one sport I didn't coach. And I coached for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I, I got a coach in here who I think the world of. I do. He knows who he is. And uh, I, I look at him and how he treated people, and I wasn't treating people that way. And so I didn't realize <laughs> that I was doing it wrong until there was somebody, the Holy Spirit, when I came to Jesus, said, that's not how you do it. And Rod Coots can testify. I went from saying things on the sideline to singing what, Rod? Uh, better is one day in your court, because I was getting my brains beat out on the sideline, than a thousand elsewhere, amen? Better is one day in your court. My mind was set on things above. I couldn't look at the scoreboard anymore, but I was worried about my kids and worried about how I can save, help save their life, let them know about Jesus. Here's what 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 says. Just when you think you've got it figured out and you've done all this to deserve this, Paul hits us with this scripture. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did not receive it, why do you boast as if you had received it or had not received it? I'm sorry. What Paul is saying, look, nothing we have belongs to us. We didn't earn it. It's not ours. God has given you everything. You got a job, I promise you, it's because God's blessed you with that. Amen? You found a church family, <laughs> it's because God's blessed you with that. If you found love and peace in your heart that surpasses all understanding, it's because God has blessed you with that. You've got a habit that's been broke, guess what? It's because God has broke that for you. Get in these D groups. Listen to these men and women tell you about how they've overcome. They'll tell you that it's not about them. They'll tell you that it's Jesus Christ who saved their life and put His Spirit in them. No way I'm standing here this morning walking you through some Scripture, telling you about the love of Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good thing given, Lord, clear my vision up, and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Amen? Amen. I got two right back there that I couldn't do. It was a movement of God. Amen? They're in church. I hope they lead the choir one day. They perhaps sing better than me. Count your blessings, the old song, one by one, right? I'm too numerous to count, David says. Too numerous to count. Now that was just what you do in the morning. <laughs> I got a long morning, so I start about 4.30, you see. Next point. We need to praise God's name at breakfast. Amen? We need to praise His name at breakfast. Praise means to honor Him. He says, we pray, hallowed be your name. Honored is your name. That's how Jesus tells us to open up the prayer. 
Psalms 145 verse 2 says, Every day I will bless you. Every day I will bless you. Amen? Whew. And I will praise your name forever and ever. <laughs> forever and ever. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I beg you to start now. Because you're missing out on forever and forever. Forever and ever. God in Psalms has a na his name about 80 times in Psalms. If you read through Psalms, you're going to find his name in some form or fashion about 80 times. It's important to know God's true character because check this out. If you were to read through your Bible, I learned this this week, there's 7,000 promises or more. Many believe there's 7,000 promises based on God's character. Well, let me ask you this. If you don't know God, how are you going to know His promises? It's important that we know who God is. He has over 100 names in the Hebrew and the Greek. And here is just a few. Hear me out this morning. God says, I am Abba, your loving Father. I thought my dad was the it. He was it to me. When he went away for about four or five years, I went looking for stuff, and it, it, it wasn't good stuff. Amen? But when I found a heavenly Father, that changed it all for me. It and it'll change it for you if you don't know Jesus. I promise you. I, I wouldn't lie to you because I'm standing on the promises, standing on God's. Next was Eldia. You're God who knows everything. That means about you. That means what's to come, what's happened. Everything about who's the president. Everything about everything. He knows it. Amen? Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. How many in here need to seek a healing? Maybe it's a spiritual healing, a physical healing. But he's Jehovah Rapha. He's it. There ain't no doctor. There ain't no news. There ain't nothing. It's him. El Shaddai, God Almighty, with all the power you need. If you're not praying to God, you're missing out on the Creator. You're missing out on this almighty power. And last one I'll talk about this morning is Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider, he says. What do you need? Come to me. I am your provider. Our prayer is based on how much we know God. Not what we know about prayer. I can say all kinds of fancy things in prayer, but if I'm not praying to Him personally, and I'm not seeking Him personally, I'm praying to the wind. Our Father, who are in heaven. Psalms 9, verse 10 says, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not abandoned, hear me this morning, have not abandoned those who seek you. How many in here are seeking the Lord? Amen. I chase after Him every day. The song said He chases after me. I know He's not going to abandon me. I've been pretty low before, haven't you? Miss Teresa, I'm going to use you this morning. Is that okay? Miss Teresa probably shouldn't be here. But God had a plan for her. He never abandoned her. You know, oftentimes I think God remembered how good she was to these kids. You know what I'm saying? How good Russ was to these kids. How good Steve was to me. And they're still here because he never abandoned them. He's still working because he never abandons us.
Now at mid-morning, here we go. We're on just the third part of the day. We need to remember what matters most. This part is what I miss. I'm telling you, being a principal, Hoss could probably tell you. You get a little busy, don't you, Mr. Lewis? In about 10, 30, or 11, when the kids and the nudes wore off at my job, teachers are calling, hey, this I got an issue. All right? I've got an issue. That's when my life starts to get a little bit crazy. But that's when I need to slow down and remember what's important. What do I need to focus on? Jesus said, let your kingdom come and your will be done. You know how many times I want to fly off? <laughs> you know, if you're human, you I mean, many people don't get mad, I guess. Uh, Coach Russ Melton, probably one of them. I've never seen him mad too much. <laughs> if you're like me and Kyle, we need to have this midday prayer, okay? We need to have this. We need to see God midday. I want to align myself with God's purpose and plans for my life. That's exactly right. Let me tell you why. If you'll do that, Somebody's going to see Jesus through you. But if you do the other side, that's what the world's wanting you to do. They want to see you fly off and act silly, act bad. Somewhere in Scripture it talks about the, the cutting of the tongue. Your words are pretty powerful. Seek God. Matthew 6, 33 says this, but seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. What is it you're asking for? What is it deep down in here that you're asking for that's going to advance the kingdom of God? If you seek Him, He says, not Pastor Brian, not anybody else, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, <laughs> the Trinity says, it will be provided to you. Amen? Amen. I should end there, but I'm not going to. When it comes lunchtime, that's our mid-morning. When it comes lunchtime, and I can't think of a better time to do this, but we need to list our needs for God. List your needs at lunch for God. Now, I'm going to ask you this. So we're in four parts now, I believe. Morning. Maybe it's three. Mid-morning, pastor's office morning. Uh, breakfast, oh, it's four. And lunch. How many people's doing this? I'm not. I'm not praying to God that much, asking Him for things. I'm not keeping a running conversation. But I can promise you this, your pastor is going to start. He's going to start. He's going to start praying for you. Everybody. From the back to the front. Here's what we need to be searching God for. Jesus says not to pray for <laughs> everything that's going to come in the future, but he says, give us this day our what? Our daily bread. He wants us to be dependent upon him. Now that word bread doesn't just mean bread, you know, like the bread you eat. Let's clarify that. It's anything that fulfills you, that sustains you for God's purpose. You may need something right then and there, and it ain't food. But you know it's for the goodness of God. He's going to provide for you. I, I can promise you that. You can talk to Him about anything. He wants us to be dependent upon Him. How many people knows the story of... Um, let me walk down here and get a napkin. The story of 
<laughs> when the Israelites were going through the desert, right? Because we're all Israelites. When they were going through the desert, they were starving to death, right? We, I'm just as knocking this down a little bit here. And they prayed for what? And guess what happened? It rained what? <laughs> Here's something about that manna. You couldn't store it up. It would rot. Why would that be? Because they could store it up and keep it through the journey. They wouldn't need what? Wouldn't need God no more. I think Scripture speaks to us when we really dig into it and we seek it. And we really look down into what it means. God wants us to be dependent upon Him daily. Every second, every minute, every moment. If there's something in your life that's really bugging you, I had to pray about it this morning. I, I had to get some relief on something that's going on in my life. And uh, and he's there. Amen. And, and I heard him kind of speak, you know. What are you looking at? What are you seeking here? I know you want to be mad about something, but Jesus... Didn't die for you to be mad at somebody. He didn't die for you to be upset at your family and talk to them rough. He died because he loved you. He died because he wants you to love others. Amen. There's something going on in your life right now. It may not be, but it's coming. That you're going to need to seek him. And you're going to need to find him. You're going to need something more what this world has to offer. I promise you that. And if you're turning somewhere else, you're going to turn back around. And like the song says, there was Jesus. Every time I tried to make it on my own, there was Jesus. Amen? John 14, 3 says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Do you hear that? <laughs> you can ask God for what? Anything. Anything. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says slow. <laughs> Sometimes he says here it is and go. It's called petitioning. When you petition, you pray for yourself. It's okay to do that. It's okay to pray for yourself, okay? Don't think it's selfish. Now, I don't necessarily know, me and Brother Matt used to talk about this all the time. I don't necessarily know that uh, we should, our prayers should be wrapped all around us. Should it, Mac? <laughs> no, no. That's You get into praying for what you want, not what you need once you do that. But I've been thinking about you all a whole lot. <laughs> and I've been thinking about how I failed you. And I didn't realize this. I apologize. But 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23 says this about you and I and how we're to love each other and think about each other. He says, furthermore, as for me, far be it from me that I would sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. But I will instruct you in the good and right way. What is he saying? Tell me somebody. What is he saying? If I'm not praying for you, what am I doing? I'm sinning against God. If you don't think the person next to you or behind you is important, 
<laughs> the Lord thinks he or she is. So you better think he or she is. I'm praying for the youngest <laughs> all the time to the oldest and everything in between. It's important. Your pastor apologizes for you. Brad, I apologize to you. Dan, PJ, everybody here. I have not prayed and inter interceded for you enough. I apologize. Because this is why it's so important. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, For His divine power, God's divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So when I pray, that means I have everything I need right here inside of me through the word of knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and excellence. Don't think that when you're praying for somebody else, God is not hearing and you have the power. What's the Bible say? The power. I'm sorry, the prayers of a righteous man has what? Power. It has power. The prayers of us, our prayers have power. Folks, when you're at lunch, don't just feed your body, feed your soul. All the time, feed your soul. Paul writes in Philippians, don't be anxious for anything. <laughs> but in everything. That means everything. Every little thing, every big thing. Take it to God in prayer, pleading with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses what? All, some Bibles say understanding, some say comprehension. That means anything that you can think of, it surpasses it all. And He will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I thank God for that, don't you? I thank God for that. In our afternoon, we need to pray for forgiveness. That's our next part of our sermon this morning. I don't know about you, but when I get home from work, <laughs> I get a good lift up. When I come through the door and them little thing, you hear this, you know, you know it's coming, right? You know it's coming. Daddy, daddy. But I'm going to be honest. I have to sit in the car after work for about five minutes in my driveway and pray, Lord, Clean up my mind. Clean up my heart. I can't go in to those two angels with this aggravation that I have. Amen? I can't do it. Take out the garbage. It don't take long to take out your garbage, but if you leave your garbage in the house, what starts happening? It starts stinking. <laughs> you have to take your spiritual garbage out too. Let the Lord walk it right to the dump and get rid of it. Psalms 139 verse 23 and 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. It don't get no better than that. Lord, search my heart. <laughs> Before I asked to be pastor, I prayed that a whole lot. God, search me. If it's me you want, I think I'm ready, right? You know, I, th I think. I've been discipled pretty good, I think. But if there's anything in me that's hurtful, if I go into this gig mad at somebody, I go into this position upset with somebody because they disagreed with how I believe or what I thought, then I'm not the right person for the job. And let me tell you, if you're in the kingdom of God, if your name's written in the book of Lambs, you can't have any grudges against anybody either. 
It's just the truth. I don't want to stand up here and lie to you. Psalms 32 verse 5 says, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my guilt. I said, I will confess my wrongdoings to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. If we can be forgiven, then we have to forgive. Amen? We have to forgive. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 says, Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's a two-way street now. <laughs> I probably don't need to forgive my wife for anything. She probably needs to forgive me for a whole lot. I'll just be honest with you. But to be in Christ, that's what Christian means, little Christ. Christ living in you. You have to. To forgive and get this, you have to forget. Because if you don't forget, you're not what? You're not forgiving them. Let's be honest. If there's something you're holding on to, <laughs> you've not forgiven. And I want to remind you who was crucified for your sins. You were forgiven. And then the Bible tells us that. We should be crucified daily. We need to what? Pick up our cross and follow me. That's hard, ain't it? Let's be honest. That's hard. <laughs> it's real hard. Brother Dan says uh, he works on pastors about as hard as anybody, don't he, Dan? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't know. But he works on the Christian extremely hard. And he knows if he can get me and Max seeing something different and arguing about it, he's winning, ain't he? Satan is. Now, he, he can't take us back. I've given my life to Christ. He's not taking it from Jesus. But if he can distract us on the little things, on what's not important, then he's winning. Is he winning against us? I don't know, but i tell you what he's winning. The people watching. The people that's watching us, he's winning that battle. Folks, we're to show people Jesus. Number six, ask God to help us make wise decisions. <laughs> Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now I want to talk about temptation a little bit this morning. We're not going to, I don't want you to walk out, okay? I'll start with the refrigerator. It's a big one for me. I tried to, yeah. But what's, what's, <laughs> I say this all the time, and I apologize for bringing my life into it sometimes, but when COVID-19 came, or whatever you want to call it, you know what the first move I did? Anybody know my D group? I cut my TV. Gone. Ain't watched TV since when did it hit? Friday the 13th of March 13th. Now, don't think I'm canceling the night's service because my boy is playing in the Super Bowl. I'm not doing that. I may not even watch it. I don't know. What good is on there? You tell me. Stand up here and tell me what good is on Netflix, truthfully. And I'll agree with you if you can convince me. The TV. What about your cell phone? There's <laughs> social media. Guys, there's nothing good on there, really. There's nothing good. Why do we 
Get on there seeking and scrolling. When you're scrolling, you're doing what? You're seeking. Matthew 6.33. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. You got time to scroll? You've got time to pray. Same here. I'm not, I'm not preaching it to anybody. I'm preaching it myself. Temptations are going to come our way, but Apostle Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. He says, No temptation has overtaken you except something common to mankind. Don't think you're special and you're the only one getting tempted, okay? Jesus got tempted. God is faithful and He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Now I've heard people argue that, but we'll get into that in a minute. But the temptation will provide the way of escape so that you'll be able to endure it. God has a way out of it, I promise. I don't care if it's a habit, if it's a hang-up. That's what our CR, we like to say in our CR, right? I don't care what it is, God has a way out of it for you. And the good news is this. Jesus was tempted. Now why is that good? Why is it good that Jesus, you know, why is that important? <laughs> you put your faith in somebody who's been through it all. It's kind of like a coach or a player or anything. You know, if uh, Nick Saban's to walk in here and talk to you about football, you going to pay attention? Yeah. If Calipari, which I know we're not being, you know, whatever right now, if he walks in here and talks to you about basketball, you going to pay attention? Probably so. <laughs> Thank you. If Mountain Man stands up and talks to me about hunting, I'm going to pay attention because he knows about it. He's been there. He's done it. Well, our Lord has been right there. He's been tempted. Forty days he went in there without nothing. And he said, you know what? If you're truly the Son of God, <laughs> turn this stone into bread. I know you're hungry. Thou shall not what? <laughs> Live on bread alone, but on what? Every word of God. God will provide you a way out, I promise you that. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Psalms 103, verse 7. We're about to wrap this thing up. I'm sorry. Psalms 101, verse 3. Check this out. I thought, how good is this? He says, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. What's taking your mind off God? Don't put it before you. If you want it to, God to be first and you want life to be the promises of God, you have to put God first. Amen? I told you every day, it's Jesus, Stacy, Elon, Isla, you all, and then people at my work. And I've got to pray for all that, and I've got to pray that it don't get mixed up. I ask you to pray for me that it don't get mixed up that way. I don't want to be in front of your counterpart, your wife, your husband. I don't want to be in front of Jesus. His kingdom come, His will be done. Amen? That's it. Seventh and final point this morning as we're praying through our day is to end our day with an encouraging truth. <laughs> For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Does it end there? Forever and ever. Amen. Forever and ever. End your day on a good word. I was talking to a guy this week, and I, I promise we're about to wrap this up. And uh, he, I was, he's a very conspiracy theorist kind of guy, okay? 
well, this is going to happen because this guy said it was. And <laughs> I did like you. I Googled some stuff. There it is. But I was trying to Google for a good thing. And I come across Proverbs 21, verse 1. And it, you ever just been floored? And I go, wow, God, you know, you wrote that? You mean that's in there? <laughs> what I'm looking for is in there, and it reminded me that God's in control. Proverbs 21, verse 1 said, The king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it wherever he pleases. There's only one boat that counts. Only one boat. That you have voted Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. That's it. There ain't nobody else got no more power over you than a man on the moon. If we even landed one there. He ain't got no power over you. Let me hear you. That was a conspiracy theory of his. What's it matter? I'm sorry. What's it matter? Do you know that Jesus died to save you? Is what I was telling this guy. He was going to talk about something else, Brad. I was like, no, no, no. Jesus died on the cross, rose the third day, so that you could be justified in a righteous relationship with Him. What else matters? Amen? There's nothing else that matters. Not the clothes you wear. <laughs> not how you look. I, I'm sorry, I don't know, but I love Jesus. I don't love anything else. I love Jesus. Corey Ten Boom. Pretty interesting character if you've not looked her up. She says, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. If you look at Christ, you'll find rest. Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for being so good to us, God. Lord, for allowing your Spirit to live in us. Lord, I come across many people, and they say, well, what's the secret? And Lord, that's a sermon series that, that you've laid on my heart, but I, I couldn't help but pray it this morning. What's the secret to a Christian life? Father, it's knowing that Jesus died on the cross for us, but it didn't stop there, that He lives in us. Father, if there's somebody here that doesn't know Jesus Christ, I pray that today is the day of salvation. I pray that you put it on their heart so heavy that they come running. Not running to me or running to the altar, Father, but they come running to you. God, that they would find rest in you. They would quit looking at the world, but come to you, Jesus Christ. Lord, I love everybody in here. Father, I'm confessing to you. I have let them down by not calling their name out in prayer to you. God, I'm asking you to move mountains for these people. Father, I know you can. My heart's heavy for a few. But God, I know you can, and I know you're able. Lord, I love you and I thank you. Lord, I just want to be at your feet. It's in Jesus' most precious name I pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church, or you can go to our website, rockhousebaptist.org. Thank you for listening.